0: And we're back, another edition of Stripe Show Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day, a special one here today on a Monday. Usually we wait for instruction for a Thursday, but we're going to bump it up. In fact, we're going to give you a little double shot instruction here this week on the Stripe Show Podcast. Because, uh, well, Jason Kovrak, as you know, has won on the PGA Tour for the third time now after winning in Houston on Sunday, burning four of the last five holes down the stretch to get his third win, three wins now in 13 months. And I'm out here at Scottsdale National right now. We're filming the college showcase event, second annual event presented by PXG, got the hat on. And I got to thinking, I was like, you know, there's another PXG guy Yep, sorry, happens- I don't have my hat on. I, I No <laughs> golf for me today. <laughs> and he happens to be a PXG guy, and he's the coach of Jason Kokrak. So I was like, I've got to reach out to Drew Steckel, and we're doing instruction on a Monday. Here he is, coach of Kokrak. Drew, how you doing, buddy?
1: I am doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, no golf for me today. I mean, after that weekend of, you know, that, I was like, uh... I was potentially going to be at Sea Island and then, you know, logistically it was tough and all that. So today is my kind of day to catch up
0: and catch up on everything. Yeah, well, sit back, enjoy, because I know you're, you you spent a lot of time um, working with your players. Coke Rack. you've got to be so pleased the way that he's been playing here uh, over the last 13 months. Three wins. This is big stuff here, you know, from from Jason Kokrak. I want to get into his game but uh you know give my audience a, a sense of what that conversation was like did you text did you do a phone call after the win
1: on we, sunday we, did what both. we talked right after we talked saturday night and we talked uh sunday right after he got done and you know from where he was you know golf channel kind of did a little thing where he did his interview and they were talking about from where he was on tuesday and the amount of times i talked to him on the phone um he didn't believe he, he was in shock that that week turned out to be a win because it's not like he was going in on a Tuesday saying, I just need to do this and I'm going to win. Um, it was literally like lessons on the phone figuring out what to do that week and let's, let's try to just go see what happens.
0: So what'd you guys talk about? What was the, was he struggling with, the swing? It he like, struggling like with his swing? Was He was struggling with his swing
1: in a little bit, he played two events in Vegas and you know, he took a, a stretch off after East Lake and then he kind of came into Vegas and he hit it pretty well at Shriners. And then CJ cup, he played, you know, he's defending there and he didn't play great on Thursday and he was kind of fighting a swing here and there. And, you know, I knew he was kind of, he, he shut it down for three weeks after that. And then he was coming back to Houston, wanted to finish off the year with a few tournaments and you know the swing stuff with him is he, he likes to see his ball draw quite a bit. So when he doesn't see, you know, it start right and draw a good amount, and he feels like he's kind of hitting weak right shots, or it's like, you know, he has to kind of see the curve. And then he's played a pretty big draw his whole career. So as far as that goes with his swing, we 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 had to kind of clean up his leg work. Gets off. He gets you know he gets up and under it with his pelvis. Um, he's got you know kind of the 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 pattern that he's always had with that outside loop and he always shallows it a ton. So when he feels like he's not shallow enough or he's not kind of swinging more into out um, that's when he starts fighting the swing. Mm.
0: So you encourage them to, to shallow it more, get the path working like more out to the right. Are there drills? Essentially? Yeah. Because
1: you know, if he tries to get it kind of in line with his hands or in line coming down his ball, it's kind of a neutral path and he doesn't really, he, he'd rather have it go more right and start right. And then draw back versus Mm -hmm. if he kind of feels like he's steep or it's outside of people, you know, in his positions, in his swing, um, he really starts to fight it because he doesn't like to play a cut and that's not his shot. He just doesn't like to see if he plays a fade, it's an end out fade. He doesn't like to play pull
0: fades, steep fades at all. So for him coming down, when, uh, the feeling of as he shallows it, because he kind of works it out in front of him. And I want to ask you here in a second about that kind of finger kind of comes off, right? His finger, up, right? His finger does. come Yep. He's got the yep. thumb movement. Yep. And but when he shallows it, does he feel like the club heads actually behind his hands when, when, yeah. he, when he's coming down? And then from there, like the exit plane is yep. kind of more out in front of him.
1: Yeah. And that, and that kind of like bleeds into his posture changing where, you know, people see, oh, he stands up or this and this, like people think that they stand up. It's like, well, he stands up cause he feels steep. So when he gets, if he feels like he's getting his left arm out and over it at, you know, in his downswing, then he'll find a way to get his leg work. will start reacting to that because he's always been so shallow. He can stay really forward in his tilts. Um, kind of like a Sergio move where everybody sees him and he's staying really forward and down. Um, Jason does, you know, the, and he's always done that. And you just kind of have to figure out ways of saying things. And with tour players, um, as you know, it's, you know, you have to come up with what they're thinking and figure out his, I've got to think what his brain is thinking when he's hitting a ball and, and go through it and go, okay, well, what is he feeling? How is he feeling this? What feel will work for him? Not. Kind of like my opinion of okay, you need to change this and just do this and go go play. I have to make I have to make him
0: trust himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the psychology aspect of it. We we talk about that a lot here on the podcast, and it's like it's one thing it's one thing to say, hey, let's just get the the number on track band to be plus four to the right. It's not that easy. It's like you know, like that's that's the number, and then it's like okay, to do that, let's just feel the club head a little bit more behind the hand. Well, it's not that easy, right? Because you've got to get into the player's head and how they're perceiving it, how they're feeling it, which can change so much, I would imagine, from week to week, right? Because coming in, you know, he can be very different this week than he was last week. That's the ever-changing dynamic of these conversations that you have with a player, I would imagine.
1: And you do. And, and and things, you know, things change. And once you kind of get into patterns with guys, it's like, well, when do you do that drill too much? Or when does that drill overkill? Mm-hmm. And how do you, how do you find a blueprint of not, you know, that exaggeration eventually turns into what they do. And they're so skilled and tour players are just, you know, outliers as far as their skill level. So you have to be very careful because, you know, it, they're so talented, they'll find a way to do things that you get them to. So It's a fine line of how much you, how much and when you say things to tour players, um, and the timing of it. Because there's times where, yeah, okay, we'll go over your stats for the end of the year and figure out what you need to do. But you know, it's always evolving and 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 changing. And their feels and their bodies feels different, and the weather is different. You know, like Saturday morning, it was freezing when he had to finish the second round, and. You know it, it just didn't his body didn't feel the same and he he was seven yeah. over par through you know through his last eight holes he was he was seven under par, par for the tournament on saturday morning and then did the tee at 7 a.m and shot had a bogey and a triple and i think two bogeys a triple and a double and went from six under on the day to one over par mm-hmm. and <laughs> you know nothing changed you know like there's nothing that really changed in his swing or whatever's going on but um he struggled around the greens a little bit and, and, you know, that kind of was exposed at that time. But, you know, with, with that kind of level of golfer, it's, it's amazing how good they are in their skill. So it's fun to work with that. And it's also, you got to be careful at times when they start to do with you know, certain things.
0: Yeah. He got better as, as the week went on 66, 65 um, on the weekend. So he certainly found that sweet spot as far as getting that club head a little behind the hands coming down and then through is, What's Jason's wrist condition coming down? Does he does he kind of pull? Does he kind of pull it down a little bit, or is it? He's know, got
1: a little bit of like a more of a dragging back. He kind of has a little bit of a drag to, uh, you know, a little bit of a lag move. But he's not overly loaded with. I would say, you know, his, he's he's pretty flat. You know, he's not he, he's not like flexing his lead wrist or anything. He really doesn't mess with any of that stuff. But mm-hmm. he's got a pretty good change of direction. I would say. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have, you know, kind of like a pull drag move Um, at times he can get, he can get into that with, with short irons and stuff. And we kind of work Mm -hmm. on that move because it'll just become so draggy through, through the ball. Yeah.
0: Does he, when he, when he does that and and you, you talked about the pelvis kind of like running up underneath him sometimes when he, when he feels steep coming down. Then he tries to manufacture the draw a bit by getting the handle higher and the pelvis come up underneath. Exactly.
1: And then the legs start straightening up. He gets on his toes. He kind of, you know, he'll get up at his toes and then he feels like he's jumpy at it or whatever it is. And, um, he, you know, he just finds a way to compensate and then his timing's off. And then he feels like I can't feel the bottom and he's got really fast hand speed. I mean, his hands are pretty incredible. Um, yeah. He used to have like 130 club head speed as a kid. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't gear up and try to smash it every time, but he's a big guy and he's got some serious power when he wants it. So, yeah, you know, we have yeah, up his irons kind of, and that stuff.
0: Yeah. He runs under the radar. Right. As far as like long off the tee, like I don't think his name is, is brought up enough. And, you know, he'll live in the positive strokes and off the tee most of the time, you know, when he's getting that little, nice little draw off there off the tee um this week in houston you know his approach game positive 6.4 so he really turned it on strokes gain approach and then my goodness what a putting week positive 8.7 i've got to ask you so is it was it as simple with his putting yep that he just lengthened out his putter one
1: inch it was his caddy uh david his caddy david robinson um Uh, who's a great player in itself. So it's really beneficial that he trusts David so much because David's a great player and David's unbelievable putter, unbelievable short game. He just didn't hit it far enough to play PGA tour golf. So he Mm kind of was always around him and worked on his putting and helped him with his putting. And he goes, Hey, you just need to lengthen it, dude. You're, you're not even gripping it. And it's, you know, let's, let's lengthen this and see how this goes. You look comfortable over it when it's longer and he trusts David's reads. I mean, D Rob is an unbelievable green reader. So when he gets on greens and D Rob just basically reads every putt and says, hit it here and do this and hit it this speed. And, and he just is like, it's like playing a video game for him because it, you know, people don't understand how good he's putting now and he's got confidence with it. And it's a team effort with that. And that's the great thing about them is they're so good at kind of knowing, knowing each
0: other very well about it on, on the greens. Mhm. Yeah, it's fun when, it's fun when you see those player caddy dynamics. Sometimes when the player's so confident of the caddy's read, he's just like looking at him like, "Where do you want me to hit it?" You know, like, "Okay, right there." And the cat, and obviously the player's so skilled, they just step up and hit it. And and of course the caddy, not only can they read the green, but he's so dialed into how his player hits the putt, right? Because you know, not every stroke is exactly the same in the way that ball's coming off. So they know the. The way that the player hits that putt and then match it up with the speed that they hit it at. I mean, there's a lot that goes into that. There's a ton that goes.
1: Yeah. And even club selection, like, you know, people were like, oh, the tournament, you know, this on 17. I mean, that's a nervous shot. That's a hard shot over that water. And, Mm -hmm. you know, D Rob had to basically just say, This is the club. You can hit it as hard as you want. It won't go over the back. And it's going to cover the right side by that right front flag. So you're going to hit it here, and this is what you're going to do. And there's so much trust that's built up in that because you know he's nervous even with a two shot lead, three shot four shot i mean that golf course is not like he's you know there's there's a
0: lot of trouble yeah. in
1: that golf course so
0: so you mentioned vegas where he won back in 2020 that was his first win the cj cup yep absolutely crushed it on the greens there that week too positive 10.3 then he wins the charles schwab um And that was the second win in May. Now here he is again in November with his third win. I mean, did you just see a difference in him after he got his first win? It's like, okay, I know how to do this now. And like, did the confidence just go through the roof? Because the win equity here of this guy, all of a sudden, when he gets in the hunt, I mean, he's clearly not afraid. He's got the confidence. He birdies for the last five on Sunday and he gets another win. I mean, did you see a difference after his first win?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and before he won CJ Cup, he was playing very good and made it to East Lake the year. But I mean, he was kind of getting on this steady path to consistency. And as soon as he won, and I knew once he won, it was going to be, you know, unbelievable because his confidence, once you, you know, you don't now he knows you can do it. And he's kind of been through all of that. So, you know, he enjoys that situation now. I think that's what's cool is you see him kind of in that in that moment on a Sunday with nine holes to go, and you can see he's starting to feed off that energy. And he's like, I, I'm yeah. going to do this. And you know, he's not like, I, I'm, I'm just trying to see
0: if I can do it. He knows you can yeah. do it. Yeah. You know, he was on the, um, he was on the Stripe Show podcast about a month ago with Froggy. Froggy does Wednesdays and I've never met Jason in person. I watched the podcast. You know him very well. Uh, tell my audience, like what kind of person is Jason Kokrak? He seems like a total like laid back dude, just, kind of roll with the punches go with the flow i mean he lives in cleveland for crying out loud how many pga tour players live live in cleveland i mean what kind of guy is this he he, his
1: family's all there and he was like he was in charlotte for a while and he goes i'm i'm i don't care i just want to live my life this is where my family is i'm going to get away from golf it's snow on the ground all all winter but he's just a normal down-to-earth guy you would never know anything if you ever saw him outside of golf and knew who he was and you were a golf world because he's just such a humble down-to-earth guy and he treats everybody really well on his team i mean he's just a genuine guy to people and it's it's a refreshing person to be around because he'll he'll go out of his way to do things and help and he's just a very caring guy and and he deserves all the success he has he has a great family his wife and everybody you know just a simple midwest kind of life is how he lives and he, he when he's home he gets checks out of golf and he's he's you know, getting snow off his driveway.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I did the show in the podcast last week on Tuesday um, Memorial park, of course, where they played uh, great golf course, um, really a, a challenging, obviously golf course for these guys. Anytime they keep it down on the single digits. I mean, this is best players in the world that all fall seems like 23, 24, 2,500 right. is winning these tournaments. Um you know, it's a course that historically, you know, you, the guys that have done well there, and this is only what, year two, three? At Memorial it, Park. Year two, did, yeah. Year two or three maybe? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. But historically, and in, in when we were doing our research, like the guys that really get the ball up and down have done well here. Every player has an opportunity and a weakness. Kokrak, for him, his short game sure. um, is is his weakness, right? So sure. when I look at this, and he lost four strokes getting around the green, I mean – I'm a little surprised to be honest with you. And I mean this in complete respect to co game that he went in there. Right. And won at this golf course. Yeah. And that's,
1: I mean, I knew on Tuesday and I talked to David about it. I'm like, if he misses greens, he, it's going to be a battle, you know, because yeah. it puts so much pressure on your ball striking at times. And then you have no confidence on any shot there. And, you know, he, he spent some time on, on a short game with Jeff Pierce and Jeff Pierce has kind of come through and you know, gives him stuff to work on in that. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things in his pattern that Jeff, Jeff tries to kind of bleed in there a little bit. So he, you know, he's definitely conscious. He knows that, you know, Hey, okay, let's, let's, let's get this better. Let's do this. So we Mm -hmm. don't really want to always like beat a dead horse and say, Oh, okay. You're terrible at this or you're terrible at that. Mm -hmm. And obviously you knew if he was going to miss a green, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough it's right. going to be tough because there's no confidence with it.
0: Right. But it just shows you how great his approach game was and how great his putting was. I mean, Drew, you've been out there for a while. I look at the PGA tour, the modern game. And, you know, this is not unusual um, for a player to go in and win losing strokes around the grid. You know it, I mean? This is no
1: versus Kevin, Na, who I work with too. And you just watch Kevin chip and you're like, is this even possible as a, you know, I have got the spectrum yeah. of it. You watch Kevin and you're like anywhere. And it's not like Kevin's short yeah. game is just impressive when he's practicing. You, you see Kevin hit shots in tournaments and they're like, there is, yeah. this is insane. Like you are, you were that good. Like Kevin, Kevin gets on the greens and around the greens and you're like, this guy's not even human. Which makes Kevin
0: to me, I think the most underrated player on the PGA tour. I really do In today's modern game, Kevin doesn't hit it very far. He's not overpowering golf courses. And he wins with his strategy, obviously. He keeps it in front of him. And he gets the ball up and down. He doesn't lose strokes. And he wins. And and to me, in today's era, Kevin Na is one of the most underrated players in the game. Because you usually see, all right, guys, get it out there, 300 plus. Right. Consistently. Approach game kind of dominates for the most part the PGA tour, and then you got to have your good putting weeks. Right. Right. And that's, and that's kind of it. And you can kind of get by with a mediocre short game, right. For the most part in today's modern PGA tour game. You agree with that? I
1: agree with that. And and you can, you can, the ball strikers out there, you just see them and you're like, okay, well this guy, they're going to win. They're going to do this. And, And you can see that and you just see, okay, well this guy drives it like this. So you watch that and you go, all right, well, it's, it's going to be tough to beat this guy. Like when Rory's on, you know, if Rory's <laughs> yeah. on, you're like, uh, uh, he played with Jason the first two days at CJ cup. And I was like, uh, Rory's back.
0: You can see it. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Rory's a whole nother conversation, right? Cause he, you know, now he leaves he's gone from Pete now, and he's back to, to Bannon, you know, where's that at? So that's just a whole nother, um, conversation. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you work with Kevin Na as well, who's, who's yep. had a, a nice season. Um, I love watching Kevin Na play golf. He's fun to play. He's fun. He's, he's he's must watch. I mean, you got to go out there and watch Kevin Na play. And the way that he attacks these golf courses, oh. the shots that he hits around the green, his strategy. Um, he's like a modern-day Fred Funk in many ways, you know? Or Kevin, you know, Kevin's short game, I worked with Fred for many years. Kevin short game, I think, is better than Fred's. Um, where but but strategically, in the way they would go around the golf course and make up for distance and 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 hang in there, and then when the time was coming to win, they would they're kind You're of done. bulldogs, man, yeah. they're not afraid to go out yeah. and, and capture that win. So, um, uh, let me ask you about Coke Rack here as you as you look ahead here. The RSM is this week, last tournament of the year, Jason yes. is there, he's playing. He is Kevin Noss playing. Play. Kevin is not playing. And I do not believe Jason
1: will be playing next week. So, so neither one of them are playing this week. No, I will have Doug Gim there and Danny Lee and Brett drew it. Um, okay. Those will be the three that I have there. And Kevin, Kevin's
0: next tournament will be uh shark shootout with, okay. with code They're going to play together. Let me ask you this a little bit of an off season coming up, a little bit of an off season um, for these players before they, they kick it back again. You look at code crack three wins here, 13 months, how much of the conversation now you mentioned his short game coach um, and how much of a conversation now with Kokrak is like, OK, let's get ourselves a major championship. You know, like what do we got to do to get a major championship? His best finishes Masters, 49th, PGA, T-19, US Open, T-17, Open Championship, T-26. At least my observation when I look at this and I study Jason, he's long enough, his approach game. I would say is right there. It's good enough. His putting, well, you have positive eight, positive eight, positive nine and putting It's right, certainly right, good enough. Yeah. Is the opportunity now to become a better than average short game player. And if he can do that, and I yes. say better than average PGA yeah. tour yeah by the way, yep. you understand PGA mm-hmm. better than average short game confident. He could, he realistically could win a major, couldn't he?
1: Absolutely. Because that's the thing with, with those majors is it's, you know, everybody's going to miss greens and everybody's going to have, you know, hack out, hit it here and this and that. So you watch the guys like, you know, Rom, Rory, all these guys, DJ, all them, their game, their games are very polished, right? All aspects of them. So I think it's going to be getting into the kind of the mindset of how to, how to prepare a little differently for him. Cause I think, you know, you put a lot of pressure, uh, not, not that he puts a lot of pressure on majors. This was his first masters, the one with in November of last year at this time. and he never had been to, you know, and so he kind of like had this whole thing and, and didn't play well. I think he missed, he did miss the cut. And then he made the cut this year, but um, just kind of getting comfortable in those situations. And, and I think the Ryder cup thing, not getting picked and, and that kind of disappointment kind of lingered okay. around for a couple months. Cause that was a big okay. deal. And, you know, I, he, he really wanted to be on that team and he really wants to be on those teams. So, you know, it's kind of finding the, the the energy and the fuel that kind of keeps you going because the year is so long and it's so much golf and it's just never ending. So it's how do you come into the year fresh and go, OK, I only have three weeks off and this is my off season. So what do I do? You know, like how it never ends. Right. So it kind of getting the yeah. energy in the in the and not being burned out by the time April hits or not being burned out by the US Open because you play five in a row or what three in a row.
0: Yeah, I would I would have to think this is going to be different for him now coming into this year more so than any other. He's obviously got financial security. Um, he's obviously um, got nothing to worry about as far as where he wants to play, right? On the PGA Tour. So you, you kind of to go to the play. season yep. and be like, you no, know, look, the goals perhaps are changing now, right? Like he wants to be on the Ryder Cup. He's right there. Yeah. Um, he's ranked President's what? Cup all that stuff. Yeah, he's ranked 19th and no, he's ranked 29th in the world now. Um, so he's starting to enter a whole different realm of, of just conversation, right. With, with Jason Kokrak as a household name that could be now competing for a major championship. But what does that look like in preparation leading up to the first one, um, at Augusta? I got to ask, you mentioned Doug Gim, love Doug, love watching, um, that dude strike the golf ball. Right, I it's mean, impressive. He, can... he he is such a good ball striker. <laughs> he is such a good ball striker, and, and I'm it's start- pattern, as you know, as,
1: you know you, you you watch the swing and the way it is and what he does, and it's very unique. But he has beautiful wrist angles and beautiful wrists, and his face is so under control. It's beautiful. Yeah, beautiful.
0: it is. It really is, and and I'm starting to see um, some improvement in his putting right? I mean, Doug Gim is getting closer, isn't he? He is. And
1: he's working with um, Derek Ueda and Chris Cho are his putting coaches. So he, he hit it really good uh, for a good stretch and hit it amazing. And he finally got to the point where he's got to, he got to get some putting help and then he's with Chris and Derek a lot. And they are, you know, he's on the Quintech all the time. He's really detailed in his practice. You'll see him on the green and, when he's out there with Chris, I mean, they're filming with their, ca- I mean, Chris has his camera in a certain angle and, and, and he's filming eight footers every time he hits a putt on the green during a practice
0: round. Yeah. I was talking to Derek. I caught up with Derek a few months ago. He said, Chris, Chris, who? Uh, Chris Cho. That's uh, kind of, yes. he was mentored, mentored through Derek.
1: Very, very yeah. good guy. He, he lives in Vegas now. And um, he's, he's kind of helping
0: out with Derek's guys. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, I have been, uh, I caught up with, with you Ada and um, and we were talking about Doug and really since that conversation uh, I think he was just kind of getting going with them you can start to see some improvement out of Doug Gim and if if Doug can turn his short game if he Doug can turn his putting into a strength oh yeah look out
1: yeah and he's he's really grinding on it so he's you know they broke it down to the bit you know and that's the great thing about having access to this stuff as a tour players you got these guys that are just like so knowledgeable with their putting and and breaking it down to every detail of it and then yeah. getting the right putter and the way the ball's rolling and they don't realize you know people don't realize how much detail can go into this stuff and the access you have to this in golf now
0: yeah are you are you amazed just how specialized it is now and it's it's getting even more specialized now and I was talking with um, Dr. Brett McCabe and I asked him I was like when is too much right too much for a player to process I was like do these teams at some point have to get smaller and he's like I don't know he's like I think they're gonna get bigger because I think the specialization of the sports is gonna get bigger it's just, yeah.
1: And I mean, it's amazing. You got like a guy that does your chipping. You got a guy that does swing. You got a guy that does uh, training. You got a guy, you know, you have all these different things. Sometimes I think it depends on their personality, but yeah, I agree with you on that. There is a limit. I mean, you do need to limit how many cooks are in your kitchen, so to speak, because if you have all these ideas everybody's got an answer and this and this, at some point you just have to put, put the ball on the ground and you need to go tee off and you need to just go hit the ball and you need to play golf. You, you can't analyze every shot you've ever hit in your life and go, I have to do this, this, and this, and this is my day and it's planned. And my, you know, it can be, sometimes you got to just live your life and just go hit a ball.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's the, uh, that's the, there's no blueprint to the balance of that is, or you have to know your guy. And even yeah. when you know, I'm like getting in there, man, it's still, when to you know when to say this, when not to say this, when to,
1: you know, I you think could, you are too yeah, I mean, You could you could, you know, go map out 3D and every aspect of their swing, you know, every week and say, well, we're gonna calibrate the machine. We're gonna have this is our database. We're gonna get whatever it is. And in some point the, the guy's like, all right, well, I don't need to know that. I need to just go. <laughs> right. I don't need to know my um and, and so they don't really care. I mean I don't really have that many guys that are that that um, overly technical that yep. want to know everything about golf and golf swings and they look at you know they they're that well, I would say curious mind as far as that goes but um, at some point it's like all right well you're here to compete and you, and you
0: just okay do this and this and this and go right yeah exactly I mean there's times to look under the hood right and and then you know and, and, and kind of go through that as the coach and but then how you feed that information to the player and win uh, is really kind of the art of it. And, you know, I think you do a great job of that clearly with, with Jason and, you know, developing him, but keeping him in that play mode. And obviously what the work that you guys did this week over the phone. Right. Um,
1: Yeah. Literally these guys got his headphones in and he's in the, on the round. I'm like, this guy's calling me. I mean, I was my whole, uh, it was Tuesday afternoon. I'm like, am I going to get on a plane tonight? Like, is this guy going to tee it up? He might not play. He's, he said, you know, he's thinking he's shooting 80. I'm like, interesting. Okay. All right. And I kind of like that. It's fun to have the challenges and it's fun to, it's fun to work through that adversity with people. And that's the cool thing about a coach. It's like, yeah, you know, everybody wants to congrats. That's great. And when guys win and all that, but there's so much that goes on and there's so much like people you teach and guys, you coach, you, you know, all the things that you're doing behind the scenes that is never noticed. And, you know, it's such a selfless thing being a golf coach because it's, you know, you just have to have that mindset of like, I'm going to get into this with them because you know how, how golf is. It's hard. It's really hard. And people have a lot of mental things that go on with golf. So you're, you know, playing psychologist as much as you are a coach.
0: Yeah. Especially, um, you know, especially when you're doing it for a living. Yeah. It's so we could, I could talk forever on it. I'll finish with this. I told you, I was at Scottsdale national called showcase event is presented by pxg's great event beautiful we've got um we've got four of the top collegiate players here on the men's side two from the women's side and then two celebrities and they're all playing for charity awesome and there's a guy here his name is uh eugenia jacarra he's from spain hmm. okay he plays for plays for oklahoma state um he was the number one ranked player in spain eight straight years as a junior golfer and yesterday in the practice round, he shot 59, broke the course record. First time he's wow. ever seen the course. Yeah. Wow. And he had uh, his new equipment. He got all his new product in, the PXG. He went out, played, shoots 59. The course record was 61, breaks it by two. And he comes in, he's like, I think, they need, I, think I need to bend my irons one degree. I think they're one degree, two upright. <laughs>
1: and you're like, no way. Yeah, exactly. And, and you just shot 59. Oh. I
0: mean... It's just amazing. I spent all morning yeah. with these guys. Uh, R.J. Pankey's here, who's won pretty much every college event in the last uh, I don't know three mo- three months out of University of Washington. He was part of the Pepperdine um, national championship team. Great kid. Sat there and watched him just pure it for about two straight hours. Uh, I mean, these guys are just so They're damn so good. good.
1: The college kids so are good. incredible. The level of where golf is going. And, and, you know, you've been in golf for, you know, a lot longer than I have. And, and it, you just see these people and it's like, how good are these people? You know, like oh. these kids, you see them and they're 11 years old. And you're, how is this possible at this age?
0: It, it, it really is amazing. And, um, and just, and just with such ease too, you know, they're really good kids. And just with such ease in the way that they just go about it you know, like, and I, and I was talking to them on the range and I was like, you know, tell me about your ball striking and what are you work and thinking about? And he's like, nah, man, really, I don't really work on anything. I'm like, okay. And he's like, yeah, you hit the ball pretty long and straight every single time. I'm like, Oh, oh sweet. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, that,
1: yeah, that's, yeah. you're a lot better at golf than I am. That's like, you know, it's like just, it's, it's like me when I go work on my own game, I'm like, oh man, I am. All, oh, this is oh, oh. you know, like, It's funny, you know, people are like, do you golf? I'm like, "Mm." yeah, no, the last thing I do is go, go recreationally uh, play for myself. Like, uh, I'm at a golf course every day.
0: Yeah. It's, um, it, it, it really is mind boggling. Um, I, I was, I'm pulling up the, uh, the roster here, you know, right now. And, and every one of them, we were getting some numbers, all four guys, you know, are three Oh five plus, um, Yardage wise, cruising speed—you know, just cruising yeah. speed. Yeah, three hundred five plus. You know, they they can reach back, get it up there, three twenty-five, three thirty, if they need to, uh, which they probably will in this course because, as you know, this course is pretty open. Um, yep, yep. In the fairway, so they'll they'll let they're, it out. They're going to spend it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got a young lady here from Arkansas. She's comfortably two eighty-five, two ninety wow. off the team with just grace and ease. I mean, it's just—it's amazing to watch. So anyway, it'll air December. Um, more details than that to come for the audience, but Drew, I appreciate your time. Um, cool. This is really cool. Congratulations. We had Cobrack on now. We have you on Kevin Nah wins. Hey, no, no, no. Wait. When Doug Gim wins next year, I'm going to yeah. have you and Derek on at the same time. I'm, I'm a big Doug Gim fan. I, I, I want Doug Gim to get to the winner circle. He's a great guy. Great, great, yeah.
1: great kid. Yeah. Well, well, right, thank Drew, you for, for having me. Time, was, uh, Have a it great week. About it, take kinda, a week off. You know, go
0: open up a bottle
1: of wine. I'm gonna go take a nap because I don't think I'm <laughs> still like getting my adrenaline. Just you know, people are like, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty exhausted after that. You know, I didn't hit a shot just because of the you know anxiety. You know, you're just like uh, the adrenaline's going just as much as you know. I'm watching it on TV, going, okay, it's like watching right. your kid. It's like watching yeah, it's, your kid. It's it's it's, it's crazy how invested. Yeah, it's fun. So
0: thanks for all having right, me. You bet, Drew. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks, Travis.